Hi, this is Blaze Allison Kearsley, creator, producer, and host of the How I Learn series. And this is another episode of the podcast, which is recorded live at every show every month. And um, here's a story by Kate Greathead. The story's great, and she's great. And um, take a listen. I think you're going to enjoy it. So some of you might remember um, about six months ago in December, there was that day that the world was supposed to end. (laughs) On the eve of that day, I proposed to my boyfriend. He said no. The world did not end, but our relationship did. And it was really sad because I I didn't see that coming. I thought we were going to live park slopely ever after. (laughs) So... Shortly after this happened, I started developing this this problem um, when I walk around the city, kind of like internal Tourette syndrome, where I just hear a word over and over and over again in my head. I don't say it. Sometimes I lip mouth, I lip sync it, but it's uh, the word is douche. Um, I work in Midtown, so that might have something to do with it. Anyway, I thought I should. I told my therapist about it because um, I thought maybe I should go on medication, but my therapist prescribed OkCupid. And so I went on OkCupid and I created a douche-proof profile. There were like no body shots, just a series of selfies of me looking depressed on the subway. And I thought it was a really funny, like clever profile. It had like a subway theme. But when I told Dr. Steinberg about it, he was like, no, he was, he was like, that's not putting your best foot forward. And he said that no one would want to date me with that profile. And I said, that's perfect because I'm not, I have no interest in dating. I just want to find a new boyfriend. Um, so it worked because, I mean, the douche filter worked. There were like a few shirtless torsos interested in play that slipped through, but for the most part, I heard from men who loved cats and were looking for girlfriends. One of these guys, one of these guys, his picture was like of his cat and he was in the background so you could hardly see his face. But like from what you could see of him, um, he looked like my all-time favorite actor, the antithesis of douche, Paul Giamatti. Um, So we made plans to meet at this place called the Flatbush Farm on a Friday night. And on the way to our date, I started to get this nervous, panicky feeling that happens to me when I'm on my way to job interviews where I suddenly look down and I really don't like what I'm wearing and I want to go shopping for something new. But um, the only stores that were open this late on a Friday night in the neighborhood were um, American Apparel and (laughs) the Barclays Center gift shop. (laughs) And neither of those places were getting my money. So I just went to the bar with this nervous, panicky feeling. Um, He ended up being late, only a few minutes, but he felt so badly when he got there that he felt compelled to explain why he was late. It turns out on the way to the date, he had this like crisis of confidence and he didn't like what he, he, how he looked. So he went into American Peril and and bought a new hoodie. (laughs) That was the first thing he told me. The second thing was that I reminded him of his favorite actress, Claire Danes and I was like you're kidding me because my ex-boyfriend always used to say that especially when I cry because of the whole chin quivering thing (laughs) 
So like these two things immediately made me feel comfortable and like good about this guy and we were having the best time and like we got to the part of the date where we started recapping the date and talking about first impressions and I w- and I told him I was really glad that when we first met he didn't try to hug me because I don't like that on internet dates if you don't know someone it just feels phony and he was like yeah I agree and then I excused myself to go to the bathroom and when I came out of the bathroom in this like dark hallway in the bar all of a sudden he lunges out of the dark and tries to hug me and I screamed and pushed him off and it was really funny and um, (laughs) he did this like several times throughout the rest of the night and I'm a really skittish person so each time I'd scream and recoil and uh, we were having the best time Um, I I didn't want the date to end but eventually the bartender said we had to leave because he had to go home Um, my, my date wanted me to come back to his apartment to meet his cat, Delia, and I was like, sure. So uh, we decided to take a cab, and uh, while we were waiting for the cab, he did the lunge thing again, but this time, instead of hugging me, he tried to kiss me, and he succeeded. Um, In the cab to his apartment, he turns to me and says, you know, you're the most beautiful girl I ever kissed. And I was like, thank you. And and as, as he said this, I was looking at him, and I was thinking, he's like conventionally speaking, the least attractive guy I'd ever kissed. But I liked kissing him so much, which was a testament to how much I liked him. But I didn't tell him that. So we got to his apartment and Dilly was a great cat and I agreed to spend the night. Um, (laughs) But I told him like, I'm not having sex with you. And he was like, that's fine, I just wanna cuddle. So we got in his bed and I I got in his bed and I felt something under my back and I pulled it out and it was like a a teddy bear in the shape of a dog. And I was like, what's this? (laughs) It looked really old and worn. He was like, that's Joey Pumpkin. (laughs) And I was like, but you're 36 years old. And he was like, yeah, and Joey Pumpkin and I have been together for 35 years and I'm really loyal. Um, my last memory of the night is of him giving me a back rub and saying that this was the best date ever, um, we should get married, and me saying yeah, because even though I sort of knew he was joking, I also kind of agreed. Um, so we, we wake up in the morning, which is like three hours later, we're spooning, and his first words are, you know, if we got married, you'd never have to worry about me cheating on you because I could never find anyone I liked better. And I was like, that's so nice. Um, what, what, like, what are the things you like about me? Because <laughs> it's always nice to hear those. And um, he started listening to things, and there were like a lot of them were like generic compliments guys give girls. Um, but then he said like he liked my voice, and no one had ever told me that before. And I was like, my voice, but it's not even like especially feminine or elegant, or it's not like a. And he was like, yeah, but it's just so you. And I love you. (laughs) You know, um, when you're playing a game of pool and you're really competitive, you're in a competitive mood and you want to win, and like your opponent shoots the eight ball in by mistake, like within the first four moves, and you're like, yes, I won. But then you're like, you realize you didn't really want to win, you just want to play a game of pool. Um, and you sort of want to take the ball back out and put it on the table and keep playing, but it's too late. Um, it was sort of like that. So I went home 
And when I got home, I texted him to say that I had a really good time, but I just got out of a relationship, and I'm not ready for a, relationship, a new one yet, but did he want to be friends? And he texted back, like, sure. Um, but then I didn't hear from him for, like, a week. <laughs> so I texted him, like, the next week, being like, so we're going to be friends. Like, we should hang out. Do you want to hang out tonight? And we made plans, um, but at the last minute, he texted to say that um, a friend of his was in a really bad place, and he had to go over to her apartment to hide her razors, <laughs> I was like, that's really serious. Like, I totally understand. Um, but I sort of thought he was lying. Um, we made plans to meet a couple nights later, but again, he texts me at the last minute. This time, he said he'd met someone. <laughs> and I sort of thought he was lying again, but um, I also got the point. Like, he didn't want to be friends. So I just let it go. And uh, But I continued to think about him and kind of, like, weirdly miss him. A few weeks later, I was walking through Midtown, and I was in a really bad mood, and I was, like, working my way through just a sea of douches. And, like, the douche thing was happening in my head, but it was even worse because it was to the tune of Old MacDonald had a farm. It was, like, douche, douche there, and a douche, douche there, and I felt like I was going crazy. All of a sudden, I look up. The weirdest thing happened. I look up, and I make eyes with one of the douches and it's him my date in a suit all cleaned up I almost didn't recognize him um and I was so flustered I, could, I didn't even know what to do or say he kept it really cool he just he turned to me and said it's a sign and then he kept walking um this was a month ago and I'm still trying to figure out what the sign was <laughs> but I think it might be that when you see a guy in Midtown in a suit, like that doesn't mean anything other than the fact that he's wearing a suit and he probably works in Midtown. Um, but there's a lot more about him that you don't know. Like he could have a stuffed animal called Joey Pumpkin. Um, and I think the sign was that um, they're not all douches. <laughs> Thanks. hope you enjoyed that story from Kate Greathead. Uh, the How I Learned series podcast is edited and produced by Ben Fausch, and the shows take place every fourth Wednesday of the month at Happy Ending Lounge on the Lower East Side of New York City. And uh, you can check out more information and find out about upcoming shows at howilearnedseries.com. And I think that's it for now. Oh, the music, I always forget to do this. The music you're hearing is Love Plus One by Haircut 100. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.